Welcome to the Core Women Podcast, the place for women entrepreneurs, authors, and self-starters looking to build community and gain valuable insights through expert interviews with women at the top of their game. Join your host, podcaster, producer, expert coach, entrepreneur, and author, Dr. Summer Watson, as she aims to inspire and empower you through these candid conversations. Lean in and embrace the journey. It's time to start the show. Here's your host, Dr. Summer Watson. Today on the show, I would like to welcome Lois Kofi, who has been a coach for 23 years and having worked with over 20,000 plus people in the areas of health, fitness, business, and sales. Over the years of working with people, she has seen them focus on the external of doing, such as goal setting, New Year's resolutions, and intention setting, and realized that most of our success lies within. She has had her own awakening journey of working through addictive behaviors, depression, anxiety, and other struggles, as well as many victories and successes. We have so much to talk about today, Lois, so let's get right into this and welcome. Thank you. such an honor to be here. Absolutely. Again, thank you for being here. But before we delve into that professional and lengthy, amazing background that you have, (laughs) how how would you describe your personal journey today? And if you could sum that up in one word, what would that word be? Gosh, you ask such good questions. Uh, Transformation, uh, ongoing, if I could say two words, it'd be ongoing transformation and introspection for sure. Oh, I love that. Transformation and introspection. Tell us more. Tell us why that journey led you to those words today. Yeah. Well, I didn't realize myself how I was such a human doer, born and raised on a farm. You know, you work as I always joke. My dad was like, work and worship. That's all there is to life. You know, you work really hard, you pay your bills, you go to church on Sunday and, and everything is, is just good. And I also grew up with a lot of trauma, a lot of shame and, and really just wanted to be the good girl. There was addiction in our family and all that kind of stuff. So I didn't realize how much my trauma responses were running me and caused me to look outside myself for answers you know, religion, um, schools. And, and again, this is all just my experience, not a negative comment at all. I, cause I actually took responsibility for my own life, but I was just really a people pleaser and, and a good, a do-gooder, right. And just listening and following the rules, staying inside my box and threw myself into a lifetime of achievement, getting straight A's, going to college, being an athlete, then getting into sales and doing, 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 and was really on, on autopilot until, you know, I've had like two different massive spiritual awakenings that said, nope, <laughs> you need to stop and chill. And uh, they were such like, you know, some people call it um, a sledgehammer to the head. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely woke me up to slowing down and waking up and starting to question um, the things that I had been taught as a child and, and, you know, upbringing and, you know, why do I crave sugar? Why do I do so much? And I'm always got to check off the box. So 
in two instances in my journey, when I was forced to slow down, and I think the pandemic did this for a lot of people also, I really had to look at those shadows, look inside. And that was my spiritual mentor this last time is all about, you know, it's, it's an inside job coming, connecting to your truth is an inside job. Even though I was meditating for years again, I was thought I was doing all the right things summer, but when I finally slowed down enough and I, you know, my story, you know, I, I had a lot of tools, microdosing, Kundalini yoga, working with spiritual mentors, working with plant medicine. Cause I, I was so stuck in my analytical mind and the trauma responses that I just was so subconscious with a lot of my addictive behaviors and, and choices in life and my environment would be a great trigger for all of that. Um, I had to really just slow, 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 slow down so much to be able to really understand why am I triggered by all these things? Why am I choosing to drink three or four bottles of wine a week? Why am I um, wanting a divorce? Why am I feeling like such a disconnected mom? It all started with me. I couldn't blame anyone or any of those things. I had to you know, go inward to, to heal and understand the trauma responses, the triggers and the addictive choices that I was making. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for describing that and, you know, shedding some light on why, why those words, that journey, what that looked like for you, those challenges. And then also that deep dive that you took in regards to reflection. And like you said, maybe the idiom of getting hit by a truck or, you know, hitting that brick wall or hitting that rock bottom. It's, it's funny because it could just be something that one day just kind of triggers you and says, you know, something's got to be a little different or a lot different. That was your, your kind of awakening. So thank you for shedding some light on that and for sharing that with us today. Tell us about what you draw on in relation to your coaching and how did this area of life and this professional background evolve for you? Yeah, I mean, I do my best to keep that because as you read in my bio, I've, I've been around the block a few times. I've had a different sales verticals, real estate, um, helping people achieve their financial goals through that or their home life. And then a health and fitness, helping people lose weight, helping people detox, cleanse and all of these things. And somewhere in there, I already knew because I saw Jim Rohn and Zig Ziglar speak on stage. You remember those guys, I right? I do. I totally do. <laughs> In my 20s already, I knew summer, even though I didn't really know what that meant. I just saw them on stage and go, oh my gosh, I want to be like them. Because Jim uh, grew up on a farm in Idaho. I always joked, you know, I was from another mister. I grew up on a farm in Iowa. And I just love of sowing and reaping when it comes to sales, you know, planting seeds, helping them water, growing up on the farm. I, I, I saw this, you know, for 18 years straight. It's in my blood to how to build things, how to create something from nothing, but then also to trust providence, source, universe, whatever, to help co-create that with you. And, and that's really what I felt their messages were at the heart of them. And so I kind of stumbled and fumbled and lost my way to get to where I'm at today, failing forward because I realized that I was, I was terrified um, of speaking my truth. So much so I had manifested an autoimmune disease in my throat back in 2011. And I, I just pushed away my dream and sold for other people, you know, for, yeah. for, for about 
13, 14 years. And so I share all that because I think a lot of people with the great resignation, everything that's happening for us in this awakening process and this new earth that's being birthed right now, yeah. a lot of people are afraid after their goals and dreams. And so I've lived it. You know, I've, I've been homeless. I've been multiple six figures and lost it all and built it up again, you know, and then have had a lot of experience with grief, um, suicidal thoughts, depression, all of it. So I've, I've taken 23 years of facing my fears and then the introspection that we just talked about and really understanding the, the subconscious that drives us and the wounds. And then I did get a certification around superconscious, which is simply a fancy word for intuition, higher self, tapping into your divinity within, and added that to my repertoire of all of the things that I've learned as an Ironman triathlete also is, you know, how can you accomplish really a good balance in life? And, and I, I use the block of 12 week year, also known as uh, 90 days, also known as quarter to help people go all in for a 12 week period on health goals and business goals. Because I do believe if you don't have your health, what do you have? Right. And a lot of times health and wealth are, are, which is why my podcast is called healthy and wealthy and wise is very interconnected. When I had my addictive struggles with alcohol, guess what? Not only did I gain 30 pounds, I also really struggled with people pleasing codependency, working behaviors, and was a workaholic. Right. And so it was, they usually go hand in glove of how they work together. Or you see someone like really, really successful with lots of money and their health is in the gutter. Or I love, you know, my spiritual friends can speak to this. A lot of coaches, their health is good, but they're so addicted to people pleasing and undercharging that they're down here on the income. And so how can you find that dance with the balance? I've lived it all and I've created my own formulas and accountability tools as well as meditation tools inside of my programs to help people self-discover because as you know, coaches don't have the answers for you. A lot of people have, have signed up for coaching programs and then they're like, oh, wait, what happened? And, and they expect to be told what to do. A true coach is here to guide you and keep you accountable, help you self-discover, see the blind spots. And, and that's what I want for people is to have their best health and their best wealth, their best relationship with them, higher self, and really, really co-create with that divine within to live their best life. Wow. That is awesome. I absolutely can appreciate so much that you said there, because first of all, I think that you are so right. As coaches, we're there to support folks, keep them accountable, you know, offer tools, and also see how they want to create their process. Because their process is going to look different than your process or my process, but that guideline or that roadmap of sorts will be very helpful for many people because those first steps, those first set of tools really are needed. And then how do you put that into practice? I think a lot of times we create these habits or this mindset around we can't. And I like something that you mentioned here about your spiritual coaches, how they can be really supportive and humanistic in their approach and want to help so many people, but then be broke essentially, right? 
And how do you create that yin and yang, that balance between being supportive, but not being broke and being able to sustain yourself and, and actually have an income and feel like you deserve that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Owning that, those Owning limiting that. beliefs. Yeah. I mean, sure. there have been so many idioms out there, Lois, about doctors are great providers, but they're not great at their finances. And I think we need to change that again. It's something that we told ourselves or our mindset or that's something you just got to be the caretaker and that's one thing or nothing. And I think it, you can have that balance. Yeah. And I discovered that what I found out for me, just uh, using myself as an example, but then I started seeing it in a lot of people that I talked to is the, the masculine and feminine balance mm-hmm. inside of our, our brain. You know, we have a left brain mm-hmm. and a right brain and they're, they're meant to be, you know, as balanced as we can. There's people who subconscious mind coaches who do balances and it all comes back to making sure that you have the creative, the love, the compassion, the, the, the juicy imagination. And then you also have the logic, the analyticals and the numbers. And unfortunately, I feel like most professions actually tend to be really masculine brain, uh, very little. And I had shut down the feminine side of my brain. And that's again, was not serving me and what drove me to be, you know, pushing and, and doing and how to make the sale and all of that kind of stuff. And so that's, that's just one more thing I didn't want to forget to mention. And that's so important because, and I can talk to my own experience when I was raised by a single mom, it was, you can accomplish anything, which was a great message, but then also you are in charge of accomplishing what you want to accomplish and you're going to do, 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 do it. So I think I developed more of a survival framework than a thriving framework. And so it was, I will do, I will survive, I will survive, I will survive rather than thrive, thrive, thrive. And I learned that later on that ah, it's so exhausting to be in that survival mode all the time. And so I think there's so many variables and factors that play into it. So it's really so important when you do see a coach, they can kind of call that out and say, okay, you know, where do you think this is coming from? Why is this triggering you? And, you know, coaching is different than therapy. And that's something too, that as somebody who's been in the human services and clinical therapeutic field versus being a coach, there's a difference between the two as well. Yeah. And I always say that too. I'm not a therapist and I want people, if that's what they need, I I will say for me personally, autobiographically, you know, like the, the psychotherapy and traditional model. And then of course, even grief counseling for me, it actually just seemed to like re-traumatize me and, and re-trigger and made me want to work and drink more alcohol. So I know for me having that guiding light and different types of things like the plant medicine teachers and helping me go inward to find my answers was a huge turning point for me because um, we do have all the answers inside of us. We've just been programmed not to look there, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I use the word conditioning. You can use the word programming. There's a lot, right? And so I think it depends on the therapists, the modalities, because Seriously, it can be so beneficial. Coaching can be beneficial. There's a lot of things. can, And it's what helps you with your process and understanding. Because a lot of times too, and I like what you mentioned there, Lois, about the triggers, right? And what things can do. Because 
if you're in therapy, it can trigger you. And that's why they say, you know, if you're not a therapist and you're coaching and you're doing therapy, you may trigger somebody. So then what? Right. Then where do you send the person? Then how do you help the person? So let me ask you, as we get further into this, what are some of the key areas and modalities that you find most valuable when working with people? Yes. So I call it mind, body, spirit alignment. And so as part of my 12 week year programs, and even I I also microdose coach now and helping people with psilocybin, both modalities, I have them set mental, physical, and spiritual goals. And then through the guided visualizations, I also do ancestral regressions because, hey, <laughs> I can guarantee you 100% of us are our ancestors and we brought this into this body. It's in our DNA. I even went all the way back to like 100 AD on my ancestors and I was like, whoa, no wonder there's uh, fear of abandonment, <laughs> fear of rejection, right? So yeah. I, I help them really unpack and uncover a lot of that. And then how did that those tendencies, addictive behaviors, self-sabotaging, limiting beliefs, how do those play out in their daily life? So a lot of reflection on their mental, physical, spiritual well-being, and then also how do you build and foster those daily habits to support? And again, that's why a minimum of 12 weeks, someone's got to be working with me in order to start because science has proven the periodization as an Ironman triathlete. I saw it all day long. All of my training plans were 12 weeks to 16 weeks, right? Mm -hmm. To be able to, Rome wasn't built in a day. So a lot of times it takes at least sometimes 60 days to uncover through reflection and, and meditation and the regression work to go, oh my gosh yeah, I'm doing this because my mom did it and hers, her mom's mom did it. And then finding love and compassion around that, not staying in victim mode or blaming our parents or ancestors or our church. I've worked with a lot of people with the religion wound, you know, people, you know, in LGBTQ, just different black sheep of the family, I call it, um, where how can you find and mother and parent yourself and hold yourself with love and compassion and forgiveness And then this is the missing point for a lot of people. It's nice to read all these books and have all these coaching programs and online courses, but to take an aligned action that's mentally, physically, spiritually beneficial to that person, I help them figure out what that is. I don't tell them what that is. And so then I hold them accountable to taking that aligned action, which then reprograms the mind, the brain, changes that conditioning that you were talking about and does so in an expanded consciousness way. Um, And I throw in breath work and Kundalini Kriyas and all of the things that I found to add to my tool belt. And I also bring in guest experts with trauma release and and making sure if, if I'm not the right person, like if this person has such deeply embedded trauma, I have people that I can refer them out to that are trained, you know, and, and, and have helped me also through the process. So I, I do believe that no one succeeds alone. So I, I do have other people with other expertise that I bring inside my program to help people have a multi-pronged approach and heal with even more um, possibilities. So that's, that's it in a nutshell. Thank you for that. Oh my goodness. That is amazing how many modalities you bring into your practice as a coach, and then also how you draw from other experts. And I think that's so important and so valuable is we don't know it all. 
we don't have everything that is going to be needed by everyone. So to have that, what I used to call that Rolodex, right, of folks that <laughs> that you can draw from is so important. Yeah, the team. I was lucky because when I got into real estate at the tender age of 21, I had two or three mortgage people. I had two or three insurance people. I had the home inspectors. I had the home warranty people because I, I wanted to be the gatekeeper, the one-stop shop, because this is also what I've learned. And I did, I made this mistake and I've seen countless people do it. They'll be like, they sign up for multiple programs all at once, just like at New Year's resolutions. Hey, I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to sign up for the gym. I'm going to sign up for the detox. Mm. I'm going to meditate. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And it's all about small, sustainable changes and really one program, please, at a time, people. Um, and if you are able to, like I'm an Ironman triathlete, so I joke, I can multitask a little bit, you know, reasonably well. You know, that's how I was able to have a few different things. But I also recognize that most people can't or won't and oftentimes can't just it's not feasible for them to have multiple teachers so that's why i've created inside my subscription and my program you know like a faculty of support because you know at different times you, you might want to do more breath work and there might be times where you want to do more meditation and it took me i mean i was transparent here it took me 20 months to really master, begin to master my meditation, my introspection, and then how to, you know, bring that forth into manifestation and reality. That's just a reminder is it's a journey. Yeah. And I like that example because you were able to and continue to work on your process. And this is never ending. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, when folks tell me I'm completely self-actualized and I'm like really because I, I think we're in the ground when that that actually occurs <laughs> yeah. uh -huh. I mean because on this earth we continue to self-actualize if you're open to growth yeah I, I say that when I, I have this meditation process I say on a scale of one to ten with ten you are already at your perfect health your perfect wealth whatever that means yeah. and then I say oh by the way none of you can say ten because otherwise you'd be dead so just just be aware that we're we're always in the process of expansion. I mean, we have this beautiful opportunity now more than ever to wake up and expand ourselves and manifest whatever it is that we want. However, I will say you can't do it if you're addicted to fear. And if you're in that subconscious loop of self-sabotage, and that's where, you know, you've got to bubble that stuff up to the surface. And, and if you don't do it, guess what? Like we talked about earlier. The divine source, universe, God, whatever you call it, it's going to come with that hammer or that, you know, brick wall, like you said. And guess what? It's going to be a lot more painful. That's going to remind you somehow you're going to get <laughs> triggered. And, you know, I like something that you also mentioned, ancestral trauma. And it's something that's meaningful. It's something to tap into and find out if that's what's contributing to those triggers, how you're feeling. And on my live show, the Life, Love, and Money show, I'm actually going to be featuring somebody who talks about ancestral trauma soon, very soon, and ancestral stories that can contribute to our show is called the Life, Love, and Money show. And so can contribute to your feelings about life, love, money, and so forth. So it'll be very interesting. I think that's just such a interesting subject matter. 
And so it does really contribute to some of those triggers and behaviors. And it's so unconscious. It's yes. so ingrained in us. And it's, you know, it, it, I could even go a little bit more esoteric if you want. I have no problem. I mean, even your galactic origins, if you believe that this is not your first incarnation and you believe that you've been in other planets and other realms, other societies, I also had that experience and recognizing, uh, you know, why I am the way I am and the tendencies, the the good, the bad and the ugly and the awareness. I know it's cheesy, but awareness is the first step is just what do you do next with that, with a loving and compassionate guide, because you cannot do it alone, is really what's going to transform your life. I'm so excited you said that because it was a segue into my next question. So when reading your bio, your passion is to help guide people with love and compassion, with mind, body, spirit, fitness, as a transformational coach using guided visualization and many other tools so that people can live the life they love with super conscious creation. Mm -hmm. I want you to touch a bit more, and you've mentioned this, but a bit more about the super conscious creation. Yeah, thank you. Because I know I had forgotten about it when I read the book. I actually don't have it by me here, but I was going through my process and like questioning again, why I am not a binge drinking workaholic. (laughs) Why has this happened? And I read the book, You're Not Broken by Christopher Michael Duncan. And he, of course, wrote all about the things about how on a much deeper level than most books that I had read in a you know, in my lifetime, just how we have that family of origin and even the ancestral stuff. And it's our super conscious that is whole, perfect and complete. Again, I mentioned it earlier, but people, you can call it your intuition instead of super conscious. If you prefer that, some people will say psychic abilities. Some people will say divine or creator. Higher self Mm -hmm. is another common one. Again, I have no issues or any of those words, but I know sometimes even words like that can like God triggered me forever. My religion wound. I just, I couldn't even say God or I would hear it and I'd be like, uh, uh, no, no, I'm not listening. (laughs) Right. So whatever works for you, but it's that, it's that heart space. It's that consciousness that was here before you were born. Like it, when you, there's this quantum collective, right? We're all one, we're all connected. And so literally it's this super conscious energy that as you come out of the womb, out of your mom, then it becomes a part of you, but it was here before you were born. It'll be here after you die. And it's here to really help you come back to you and to your truth. And it's deeply, deeply connected inside of yourselves, your DNA, it's, it's the, it's connected to helping you heal the subconscious wounds. It's kind of like, I call it, like, if you look at the ego, you know, the ego is at the top, put the subconscious in the middle, the superconscious is on the bottom. And if you turn it on, if you tap in and you shine that, that superconscious becomes like a light or a flashlight up into the subconscious shadows and wounds, then it can actually go all the way up to the ego and start to quiet because the ego is just filled with fear and I want to protect you Lois or Summer you know you were hurt you were raped or you were abandoned as a child and now here we're gonna anytime something that threatens you we're gonna make you drink alcohol or we're gonna we're gonna have you you know be a become a, a people pleaser and not feel 
the pain that's happening for you in your body, that embodiment is so important. And so the superconscious is your truest essence, your wholeness, your perfection. And, and if we don't tap into that higher self, AKA superconscious intuition, because uh, I heard about intuition for years and I was like, I think I trust my intuition, but how do I really do that? So I put together my own tools and what I learned worked for me and I'm helping having client breakthroughs on how to tap into that in a loving way. Because at first when I did it without a guide, without support, and this is also why plant medicine again can be great and it can re-traumatize you, right? If you don't have that guide to say, Hey, it's not good or bad. It's not right or wrong. It was part of your path. You chose this path. You chose this body. You chose this trauma. You chose these opportunities, these karmas, whatever. This this is what I believe and what I teach in order to come back and fall in love with yourself and heal. And then usually your karma becomes your dharma, right? I went through all of this stuff, not only to help other people, but to break generational curses, cycles that I've kept repeating over and over in my family. Um, it's not true. It's, it's an illusion. And I think everyone's waking up to that, like that reality. And so for me, the superconscious creation and really co-creation with, with the divine is what it is that you really, your heart's desires, what you want to manifest, not what you were programmed by your parents, you know, that you should manifest or society or religion or your partner. You know, I had uh, for a while, I thought I was going to get divorced because my wounds were triggering my husband's wounds and his wounds were triggering mine. And so I think that's the real cause of divorce, honestly, because if you're not conscious of that and your super conscious is going to help make it conscious, it's easy to be a victim. It's easy to blame other people. And then you end up marrying the same person five times, right? Getting divorced five times. They just have different, you know, last names, right? Yeah, absolutely. Wow. So much juice here. So much content. <laughs> so much depth here. I love it because you mentioned so many things that I absolutely love. Intuition, recognition, generational cycles, all so important. And for years, I'm like, okay, intuition, but how do you recognize? I learned like people are just completely ignoring it. Maybe they don't even know how to recognize it. What yeah. is that intuition, right? What is their own intuition and how is that being overlooked? And even just recognizing what intuition is yeah. and tapping into that and listening to that intuition or at least having some recognition about it. And then, you know, those generational cycles, it's interesting that you talk about this because again, it contributes to habits in our conditioning and our own legacy and what we want that to look like as we go on down the line, whether it be in health, wellness, love, money, that contributes to that. And it's funny because when I worked in mental health and I worked in the largest law facility in the state of California for three years, mental health facility. And I remember assessing people and, and especially kids. And I thought to myself, I'm sitting here every day and I love my job and I love helping people and I love assessing folks for three years. But guess what? I'm sending these kids right back into the cycle, the trauma, the situation how do I work with that paradigm, that family to be able to help this child change or understand that there could be something different for them in the way they process, the way they think, their mindset, all of that. And yet I was limited. So to what I could do 
or couldn't do or the resources that were available because the system isn't set up to say, okay, we're going to keep this child here for 12 weeks and we're going to do this intensive work for every kid. You've got to send them back home. And then what happens? And again, it's that re-traumatizing. It's those habits. It's that conditioning. It's that. So really, I think what you're doing today in helping adults work through some of these different ideations and this consciousness and this intuition and their process, I think is so valuable. So thank you so much for doing that. Now, you mentioned plant medicine. Can you just tell us a bit about your journey with plant medicine and why this is meaningful for you? Yeah. And that's actually, I'm so excited. That's how you and I met because I was on uh, the Webdelics podcast launch. And so the short story is one of my spiritual mentors who is a channel from the divine. And he said, Lois, you're, you're meant for more than this. This was two years ago, only two years ago. And I think about it, I'm like, wow, <laughs> so much has changed. Cause I was that analytical mind, got to push, make money, binge drinking workaholic who thought she was headed for divorce and probably death because alcoholism runs in my family. And I had also lost a lot of friends to addiction, to suicide. And I was just, I was so riddled with grief, uh, losing both of my parents. I didn't know how to be in this world anymore, honestly. And so he said, you're going to have to go and play with ayahuasca and psilocybin. And I've never smoked my whole life. I never did any drugs. And so my first thought could have been, well, no, I, I, I can't do that. But I was so broken open at that point and so lost. And like I said, I'd been meditating and been doing all the quote unquote, what I thought were the right things. And he said, your mind is too chattery. Your trauma is too deep. Your triggers are too responsive. And so I sat with ayahuasca and psilocybin. These are plant medicines that are ancient, but have been here forever whenever the earth was formed, right? And billions of years of wisdom. And I believe they're, they're conscious and they help us quiet the mind. And scientifically, I'm not going to get into all of that stuff, but then it allowed me to go into my heart and into my body, do a lot of somatic release, um, crying, purging, vomiting, pooping, all of the things. And I did that 40 times. I've lost count. It's somewhere in the 40 plus region since April of 2021. And then I've supplemented with microdosing. I actually started with microdosing, but I recognized that that wasn't enough for me because I was so deeply wound and so disconnected from the superconscious creation energy. And thankfully, I cried a lot. I healed a lot. I reconnected with my ancestors, um, understood my ancestral trauma, um, saw all of my friends that committed suicide, have hung out with my brother, my dad, my mom, all of my past loved ones, grandparents, really, really felt fully loved and supported and was able to have, you know, some, you know, memories that came up that I had repressed that also I was able to bless release with the support of guides, true guides, not just, I mean, there's a lot of shamans out there that I would not refer people to. You got to be really careful, but having this, the integration support of how do you take all of that, that you just learned and put it into real life. And how do you hold yourself when the shadows come up? Because they will just like the therapy sessions, you, you know, you can get re-triggered and, and the trauma can be so intense that you just don't know what to do with it. So to be supported alongside the plant medicine 
was my magic. And now I'm honored to say since September, I've been coaching people with one-on-one or group support with microdosing with psilocybin. The studies are there. Legalization is starting to happen. And so if people are like I was and don't know how to quiet the mind, microdosing can be another amazing tool that can help you be able to get into your body, your heart and and not overanalyze, overthink and let the ego take over all of the time. And, and again, doing it with a guided support is, is really not optional in my mind, just because things can come up and you, you've got to know how to rebalance yourself if they do. That is some wise words right there. And that is for certain. And I can appreciate that these are different modalities of working with folks and not everything works for everybody. So to have this spectrum of different tools that you can use with people is so valuable. So thank you so much for all that you've mentioned here, all we've talked about. I know we've just touched on a lot of things and we could go really deep and this could be two or three, four episodes long, but thank you so much for all that you have mentioned, because I think it's valuable for our listeners and they can also touch back to you and say, Hey, Lois, what can I do? Or what are your thoughts about A, B, and C? But as we come to the close of this interview, my last question is, if you were to leave the listeners with some words of wisdom, what would they be? Oh my gosh. Yes. So there's a saying success leaves clues and that's fine, but we learn the most from our disappointment and our addictive behaviors. So my advice for you is to not stew over the addictive behaviors and you know, blame, shame, be curious, have curiosity and compassion and say, you know, what is going on here? And how can I find help to support me with love and compassion to guide me through unpacking that? Because there's gold in them, their hills. You just got to have the right support and they're going to be your best teachers and your best allies once you uncover what it is that's causing those behaviors. Well, thank you, Lois, for joining me on the Core Women podcast today. Thank you. Such a gift. Bless you. Appreciate you. Thank you so much. You can follow Lois Kofi on LinkedIn and Facebook and at Coach Lois Kofi on Instagram and at LoisKofi.com. Thank you for joining us on the Core Women podcast with Dr. Summer Watson. We're so glad you're here and would love to connect more with you. Find us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Core Women and on Twitter at Core Women One. For more about Core Women and Dr. Watson, visit corewomen.com. Want more support and resources for amazing women like you? Great! Join Dr. Watson and Jen Fontanilla at the Life, Love, and Money Collective, a Core Women production that aids in understanding the key traits that might be getting in the way of living a life that you are absolutely passionate about. Connect with Summer and Jen and find out more at thelifeloveandmoney.com.